Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord, doesn't it? Amen. There's, there's nothing like the house of the Lord. There's nothing like his presence. Hallelujah. It's nothing like dwelling in his presence. The scripture says that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. Isn't like, you know, you, you can't wait to get into the house of worship because it's like a refuge. His presence, it's our refuge, and he's our fortress. He's our God, in him will we trust. Has anybody experienced any benefits of trusting God? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love how Deacon Renee said, let our worship, you know, be a testimony for others. And, and so, can anybody testify? Somebody right now may be struggling with trusting God, but can anybody let them know that there are benefits to trusting God? Has anybody ever seen God's hand when you didn't think you'd see it? When it made no sense to trust him, and you still decided, like, Lord, don't, be, don't let me be out here looking crazy, but I'm deciding to trust you at your word. Has anybody experienced the benefits of that? I'm here to tell you that it's nothing like trusting in our God. In him will we trust. I don't know about you, but I have decided. I've made a decision. I just just come what may, be what may. I've made a decision. And I've planted my feet on it. And I won't be moved. I've made a decision that I'm going to trust him no matter what. Yeah, yeah, this is old school Sunday and, and it's ringing in my ear. I have decided. Woo, I made a decision. I literally, I've decided to follow Jesus. A lot of things try to come and go, a lot of trends and things like that, even in the faith. But I've decided to go with God no matter what. I've decided to follow Jesus and guess what? Ain't no devil in hell going to be able to cause me to turn back. <laughs> I ain't turning back. Somebody say I ain't turning back. I'm not turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, whew, there's no turning back. Hallelujah. Amen. And so Oh, I'm not preaching about trust today, but it's just on my heart that we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God. And somebody, I believe, needed that reminder that no matter what, we've got to lean into our decision to trust God. But we also have to lean into our experience with trusting God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so um, we are, it's still 2023, right? So that means it's still the year of transition at Wapsie, right? 
Amen. And I'm so um, grateful unto God uh, as he is revealing some things concerning um, what transition means and um, some things that, uh, whew, praise God, you know, aren't, aren't scary and aren't things like that. Um, but, but this week uh, itself from the Wapsie Partners, I've received so many testimony of transition and things um, being different. And so I celebrate that today. And uh, one sticks out to me. For example, um, there's there's a young man at Wapsie who was having struggles and, and, and trouble uh, learning as far as reading and things like that. Well, I got a testimony this morning that he started reading this week. Yeah, yeah. Can we celebrate that? And that's the type of stuff that God is doing. It's not always going to be a, a, a financial blessing. It's not always. Listen, that is a form of healing. And so we praise God in all the ways that he's moving, and that encouraged me this morning. And so I thank um, those of you who, who share the testimonies because it reminds me of what God said, and it encourages um, that, that literally God is doing exactly what he said he'd do. And so we praise God for all the testimonies of transition. This is Fearless 2023. Fearless. Fearless 2023. Um, we're on, let me see, I think 64, day 64 of Fear Not. <laughs> yeah, day 64 of Fear Not. And so before I get into today's um, message, I do want to still um, take, take a look at our theme scripture. I want to keep that before you. I'll probably read that every Sunday this year. And Isaiah 41.10 in the Amplified, and you might know it by heart by now, it says, do not fear what? anything that's right see i knew y'all knew it for i am with you do not be afraid for i am who's god uh-huh 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 your god my god i will strengthen you be assured i will help you i will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand a hand of justice of power of victory of salvation Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 in the message, it has become like our uh, secondary theme scripture. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. It says, be alert, be, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. So those are two scriptures that we want to tattoo on our hearts this year. Amen? Amen. And so with that, um, we are starting a new series for the month of March, and that is on compassion. Somebody say compassion. Compassion. And so we started it actually on Wednesday. So on Wednesdays, we'll be um, digging into um, some of the study concerning compassion. And on Sundays, we're going to be taking a look at some biblical examples, some Bible uh, uh, stories, if you will, on compassion. And so those of you who were a part of Bible study or who watched on YouTube, um, you already are hip to some of what we're talking about today concerning compassion all right um however 
just in case you missed it and so that we can have a refresher for everybody else, I'm going to be going over some of the fundamental things like that of definitions and etymology and things like that. And then we're going to move on to um, some scriptural references. Is that all right? Amen. Compassion. Somebody say compassion. Compassion. Compassion, you all. Um, the first thing we must know about it is it is an action word. All right. Compassion is an action word. Somebody say compassion is an action word. I want to let you know um, that this series, I, I don't at least plan for it to be a very preachy one. This one is going to be a teachy one. All right. Um, because this is something um, that you need to sit that you need to notate, um, and that you need to really, really allow to resonate in your heart with understanding. And so the first thing that I want you to know straight out the gate is that compassion is an action word, all right? So we got to be about that action, all right? Um, and so what we learned is that uh, compassion is not something that you just think or something that you feel, but it's something that you show. On Wednesday, we talked about, don't you know about those good intentions that we have? A lot of times, uh, we have the mind, we hear, let's say we hear that somebody lost a family member, and we have a mind to send a sympathy card, and we have a mind to maybe give them, you know, some food or pay them a visit, and we think about all these things. We have good intentions, but how many of you know that sometimes we never do that thing that came to mind? And so what we're trying to do, the premise of this series is we're literally trying to be about that action in the way that we don't just think good thoughts, but we do good deeds. Because the people of God need to experience the love of God through us. Amen? And not only people of God in terms of Christians, but non-Christians. Compassion will be the vehicle oftentimes that will draw somebody in to the knowledge of Christ. And so this is why as disciples, do I have any disciples in here? Show of hands. Any, any disciples? Okay. Okay. So I'm talking to the right group of people. As disciples, we have a charge. As disciples, we have a job. If you don't know about that, then you need to go ahead and check out uh, Minister Geraldine's sermon uh, from, I think, last first Sunday, where she talked to us about disciples. And so as disciples, we have a job, and it's not just about us sitting around and knowing what to do, but it's about us doing what we know to do. And guess what? Even when we don't feel like doing it. That part. <laughs> And so, again, compassion is not just something you think or feel, but it's something that you show. So as we look at the breakdown um, of the word compassion, the etymology, which is the study of its origin and how it's derived, it comes from a Latin word, the root word passio, which you'll see on the screen. And then it comes from also a Latin prefix, com, C-O-M, which means together. And so 
quite literally, the word compassion means what? To suffer together. Uh-oh. We don't like the S word, do we? <laughs> to suffer together. Compassion means to suffer together or to suffer with. Now, as you talk about compassion, on Wednesday, we had a board up here, and we had some words that came to mind when you think about compassion. And one of them was sympathy, and another of them was empathy. And so we be then began to discover, okay, so what's the difference here? What's the difference between sympathy and empathy? What's the difference between that and compassion? And so sympathy, you all, is understanding what a person is feeling, while empathy is feeling what a person is feeling, all right? So the way that we describe that is if you have sympathy for a person, that means that you're not being insensitive. You may not have ever felt that way. You know what I'm saying? You might not really understand from a feeling standpoint. However, you're not naive. You're not insensitive. You feel something toward them, even if you don't feel what they're going through. Everybody clear on that? Okay. And so that is sympathy. Meanwhile, we have empathy. And that's when not only... Uh, am I not being insensitive, but actually, you know what? I feel what you feel. And it's not just being aware of how they feel, but it's feeling the same feeling yourself, either through experience or through emotional connection, all right? And so we have sympathy versus empathy, and now we say, okay, as we climb uh, these stairs here, the next step is compassion. So what's the difference between empathy and compassion. So empathy, again, is feeling what a person is feeling. Meanwhile, compassion is taking what? Action toward relieving the suffering of others. Okay? Taking action toward relieving. And then we take very careful note that it doesn't say removing. That's not our job. But our job is to be able to help relieve them in their suffering. And so we had this question that came up, and the question is, do I have the capacity to sit with someone in their suffering? Do I have the capacity to sit with someone in their suffering? Because if the truth were told, and Bishop said the truth should be told, our testimony may be that somebody sat with us in ours. Huh? Does anybody have that testimony? That you look back and you realize that an agent of God, actually, now that I think about it, they sat with me in my suffering. Do I have the capacity to be that agent of God and to sit with someone and their suffering. I don't want to get too ahead. Again, um, Bible study, we're going deeper this week. Um, and, and some people are already in the spirit, Sister Valencia, because sometimes compassion just means to sit. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't even mean to say. And so we're going to be talking about this Wednesday, the different ways that we can show compassion and the different instances when different forms of action 
are what is needed. Amen? Amen. Anybody already excited about Wednesday? I'm excited about Wednesday. Amen? But it's Sunday, so let's get back to it. Do I have the capacity to sit with someone, and we're going to expound upon what that means, to sit with someone in their suffering? The reason that this is so important, church, this compassion in terms of the understanding for believers is what I realized is that ministry without compassion is just business. Ministry void of compassion, that's just business. Business is a part of ministry because it has to be, but business cannot be the heart of ministry. Business is a part of ministry, but business can't be the heart of ministry. Doctor, can you send me that one too? If you was here Wednesday, you know. If not, God bless you. See you this Wednesday. One of the, the reasons why this is so important to us as believers to understand, because what I realize is that leadership without compassion is just a matter of hierarchy and organizational charts. Leadership without compassion is just a matter of hierarchy and organizational charts. The reason that this is vital to us is because having sheep without having compassion can turn into the equivalent of having slaves. Having sheep without having compassion. Some of us have pastors, some of us have slave owners. I mean, uh, having sheep without having compassion can turn into the equivalent of having slaves. I'm just giving you the raw of why the Lord revealed to me it's vital for us to have compassion. Compassion, you all, is a part of the fiber of our faith. And we've got to get back to the heart of the heart of God. Without it, we'll have programs with no power. We'll have events with no efficacy. We'll have meetings with wrong motives. We'll have leaders with no love. And we'll have a group of folk with no fruit. Not today, Satan. Not here. Not at the WAP. And prayerfully, not in the body of Christ. I feel like I can sit down right now, but I'm going to keep going. If the enemy can drive us away from compassion, he can drive us away from connection. And connectivity is the foundation of the ability to make disciples in the earth and to advance the kingdom of God. And so, you all, it's important for us, the believer, you and I, 
to have compassion. Not just to have salvation, but to have compassion. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 8 in the New King James Version. That's 1 Peter 3 and 8 in the New King James. Everybody with me? Let's take a look at it. It says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having what? Compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. All right? Let's keep going to verse 9. And verse 9 says this, not returning evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. <laughs> listen, this is not just something I'm making up. We're called to this. And listen, this is good news that you may inherit a blessing. Amen. Amen. The word reveling for clarity means to criticize in an abusive or angrily insulting manner. Okay? So we're asked not to return evil for evil. If you were here on Wednesday, you understand about not returning. Uh-huh. You understand what we mean by that. Not returning evil for evil um, or reveling for reveling. All right? Uh, let's look at it in the message paraphrase. 1 Peter 3, 8 in the message says this. It says, summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be what? Compassionate, be humble. Amen. And since it's first Sunday, I'll say it without the H. Be humble. <laughs> The scripture goes on to say, that goes for all of you, no exceptions. Uh-oh. So, okay, no exceptions. It says, no retaliation. Ooh. We're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit a little bit, but y'all know, oh, man, that's self-control. That's right. That's right, Deacon. No payback. Ooh, no, pay no payback. No lick back. Whew. That's some self-control. It says, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> instead, 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 bless. You know, that's real good. No sharp-tongued sarcasm because a lot of us, we stop throwing them hands. But you, that tongue? Huh? And you try to hide it, you know, with sarcasm. Uh-oh, somebody said, ouch. Well, I felt the need to reread it, so I know it's for somebody. Instead, it says, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing, and the good news is, you'll also get a blessing. Isn't it amazing, you all, that Peter writes of compassion in this way as what we're saying here 
is that compassion is a sort of foundation or rock regarding Christianity and discipleship in Christ because Peter's name literally means rock. We know him to be Simon first, and he underwent a name change and became Peter. And it's funny because y'all remember we talked about Peter walking on water last week, didn't we? And here we are visiting old Pete again. Peter, you all, is an apostle and one of Jesus's first disciples. And as a matter of fact, he could be considered the leader of the 12. And Jesus loved him some Peter, as crazy as old Pete was. And that should encourage us today because Jesus likewise loves him some you, as crazy as we sometimes are. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's take a look at Matthew 14. Matthew 14, um, 13 through 18. And let's check it out in the New Living Translation. Matthew 14, 13 through 18 in the NLT. And I'm going to give you a moment to get it physically, even though it's on the screen. Okay. Does anybody remember last week we came from this same place? And remember when the scripture that we read last week said immediately after this? And I told you what this was. Y'all remember what this was? So immediately before, uh, immediately before walking on the water, then what was it? Feeding the 5,000, right? So guess what? That's where we are today. In, in verse number 13, and we'll read it through to 18 in the NLT. It says this, it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, and, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to get to the news. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what the news is. But he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where he was, uh, heard where he was headed, and followed on foot from many towns. My Lord, these people were hungry for Jesus. They heard about where he was headed, and they followed on foot. Some of us got cars, and you still got to beg people to come to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jesus saw the huge crowd and he stepped from the boat and he had what? Uh-oh, Jesus had compassion. Yeah, if you were here on Wednesday, you know he, he's the originator of compassion. He had compassion on them and did what? And healed their sick. So this doesn't mean that he just felt sorry for them. This doesn't just mean that he had, you know, some good thoughts and good intentions toward him. This, listen, we're not sending nobody good thoughts in 2023. First of all, if you're going to send me something, send me some good old prayers. Send me some good, you know, you know, but, huh? But, yeah, because what we're doing now is we're about that action. So maybe one way that we can practice is anybody who you would have sent good thoughts to, Seek the Lord about something else 
action-wise that you can Because some of you are sending good thoughts, but God told you to send a good cash app. But we didn't want to hear that, so we continued to pray for him. And by pray for him, I meant tell him you're going to pray for him, but not really. And so in 2023, we're practicing being about that action. It said, listen, Jesus didn't have compassion for them just because he felt for them. He had compassion for them because even in sacrificing what he was going through, which we'll get to, he acknowledged their need and he did something about it. He healed their sick. The scripture says in 15, that evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. So they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Amen. And, and I'm not speaking to um, a, a room of pastors, but if I was, I would remind them that even your crew, even, even your leaders, if you're not a pastor, then you won't have the pastor's heart. And so I learned that growing up, even with our bishop. You don't know what you can be the pastor's son. You can be the, you can be the youth pastor. You can be the assistant pastor. It does not activate until you activate. And so with that said, Jesus knew these people, they, they meant well, his disciples meant well. But a lot of times you may be encouraged to send the crowds away. They can get it for themselves. Yes, they can. But that doesn't mean they have to. Amen. So sometimes you all being compassionate is going to be doing for somebody something that you consider them able to do for themselves. Amen. We don't like that gospel. But Jesus said. That isn't necessary. You feed them. <laughs> so let's get this straight what's not necessary to you? it's not necessary for them to go buy the food for themselves that's right Jesus said that isn't necessary you feed them verse 17 says but oh here we go <laughs> here we go here we go with the excuses here we go with the, the but we have only Five loaves of bread and how many fish? And two fish. Uh oh, some. Uh oh, we had a, a young wop kid in here who know this Bible story. Said two. Five loaves of bread and two fish. Now this was a miracle because I could take down two fish. My dog gonna sell. As a matter of fact, I'll be looking for the next two. So the fact that five thousand. Off of two fish, Deacon E, that was a miracle. And five loaves of bread. So they took inventory. That's cool. A lot of times we take inventory, but Jesus is saying take action. Verse 18 says, bring them here, he said. How many of you know that 
You may not have this and you may not have that. But Jesus is saying, I want to work with whatever you have. Some of you are, are thinking about how you're not in position to be compassionate. That's, that's, that's thinking, thinking. That's the wrong type of thinking. Whoever you are, under the sound of my voice, you have what it takes to be compassionate. Don't you know that God knows whatever your inventory is? Don't you know that he, consider, he took into consideration your inventory before he gave you the instruction? Dr. Virgil. He knew about your inventory. He considered that already. And so I'm here to let you know that Jesus is saying likewise to you. Yeah, I know what you got, but bring that. Bring that and see what I do with that. Verse 19 says, then he told the people to sit down. That's what I read. Is it an I? Oh, it's an I, not an A. <laughs> sat down. It's first Sunday. We can mix it up a little bit. Sat down. Have, you know your grandmother ain't say no SIT. Sat down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. Jesus took what they had. Looked up toward heaven. Woo! And blessed them. When Jesus blesses whatever it is that you have. Yeah, Deacon Sarah. It multi I listen the way you said that, you got a testimony. I, I heard that. That was said with some experience. She said it multiplies. Whew, if we can just have the courage to give God what we have. Then breaking the loaves into pieces. Because this is symbolic of before. You're blessed. A lot of times you got to be broken. He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate. How many of them ate? They all ate. And guess what else? It wasn't just no appetizer. It wasn't just no, you know, first course. It wasn't no hors d'oeuvres, no hors divorce. Come on, somebody. Well, that's how it look when you spell it out. Deacon Sarah said it was all you can eat. And she's right because it says they all ate as much as they wanted. What I love about that, it didn't even just say as much as they needed. As much as they wanted. That meant that they were going back for seconds. <laughs> Somebody say overflow. When you give it to Jesus, what you thought wasn't enough, he'll turn it into more than enough. Exceedingly. Didn't we just sing that? Abundantly. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples, oh, what? They got doggy bags. They got to go play. Come on, come on, none. This this gotta be a miracle. Two fish, five loaves of bread. All these people 
they went back for seconds. They didn't just get what they needed. They got what they wanted. And even after that, the disciples, I love how Jesus still got them going to work. The disciples picked up how many baskets? One for each of them. Twelve baskets of leftovers. I don't know about you, but I love a good leftover. Anybody else team leftover in here? Listen, ain't nothing like that thing start marinating that, you know, that flavor start locking in overnight. Come on, somebody. That's it. Create its own liquid. Yeah. The reduction. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. And as you do the math, it says about 5,000 men were fed. And how many of you know that there weren't just men there? There were also women. And then there were also children. What started out with a but God, we only ended up, but God. <laughs> now we, we only have to, now we have leftover, more than enough. This is a picture of compassion. A lot of us, this compassion series is going to stop us from being stingy. It's a stingy spirit that'll, 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 that'll grab hold to you if you're not careful. Because the world system tells us how to get and get and grab and grab and claw and claw. But that's not God's system. God's system is the more you get is because the more you give. The more you give away. And so we've got to adopt this new system. We have to transition into a new way of thinking so that we can become the compassionate vessels that the Lord wants us to become. Amen? Amen. Can I bless you even further? Well, we're going to scroll on up and see what the news was. Because remember, the scripture said, as soon as Jesus heard what? The news. Okay? So go ahead and scroll up. If you read on your own time, verses 1 through 12, you'll find out that the news was that Jesus' cousin got murdered. Is that right? Yeah, John. John the Baptist. He got murdered. And so... Jesus, that's why it says that he heard the news, he left the boat, he went to a remote area to be alone. Again, this proves that Jesus grieved, that Jesus was human, that Jesus had emotions to work through, he had feelings to sort out. This is all important. What's also important is that even in the midst of his own type of suffering, that he was sensitive to the needs of of the sufferings of others. And the reason this is important is just as some of us will say, God, I only have, some of us will say, but God, I'm going through X, Y, and Z. 
And I'm here to tell you that he knows what you're going through. And he still wants you to be compassionate and to have the capacity to be compassionate to somebody else. Just because we're going through something does not give us a license for selfishness. Even while you're going through, you still have to be sensitive to what ways God wants you to move on the behalf of, of another. Because guess what? Sometimes in those ways, your healing comes. Has anybody ever experienced that? He's not going to ask you to do anything that you don't have the emotional and physical capacity to do. But sometimes he'll stretch you. And even while, listen, he does it all the time for me. Y'all think every time I preach to y'all, I don't need to be preaching to me? That every time I minister to you, that's why I love that line and encourage yourself. As I minister to you, I minister to myself. I do that all the time. And sometimes in ministering to you, God heals me. And so it's mind-blowing what God will, will do when you preach through your pain. It's mind-blowing what God will do when you show up for somebody, even when you need somebody to show up for you. It's amazing what God will do. And so Jesus is giving us these different elements to compassion, and he's really eliminating excuses concerning compassion because no longer can we say that I don't have this and I don't have that. God, I hear what you're asking me to do, but I just went through this and I just experienced that. Guess what? God has calculated all of that. Now, I'm not telling you to stretch beyond your means in regards to man and something that, that God has not said or said through man. I want to be respectful about that. But what I'm saying is that if it's coming from God, he's already calculated everything that you ever could calculate. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to know that compassion applies to you. Somebody say compassion, compassion. Applies, applies to me. <laughs> Bible study, should I go ahead and give them a few other things from Wednesday? <laughs> Dr. Carmen said no. <laughs> Dr. Carmen. <laughs> Dr. Carmen, they said, where's the compassion? Oh, Dr. Shanice said on the replay. Ah, the Lord is still working. <laughs> there we go. And, and so, you know what? We do have the slides. So media team, yeah, let's go ahead. Is that okay, Dr. Khan? We're just going to show them the slide. <laughs> All right, so, so check this out. This is something that's very important from Wednesday. Compassion is not an exchange. And the premise of this is that a lot of us, we are used to tit for tat. We're used to, you know, somebody earning something, you know, or, or I, I'm going to do this for you because you did this for me, throw all that out the window because compassion is not an exchange. Somebody say compassion okay. is not an exchange. Okay. It's not done as a reaction 
or a repayment. All right? And I'm going to let you get the rest on, 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 the, on the playback. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to get in trouble. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, uh, the next one, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit because there are a lot of fruit of the Spirit at work when it comes to compassion, all right? And so down below are, are listed all of the fruit of the Spirit that we'll find in Galatians 5. Um, so we have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And as we talked about it on Wednesday, it's a fruit punch, yeah, we called it a fruit punch because all of them are connected. Um, but we highlighted uh, some specific ones like love and long-suffering. Um, that, that is very important. But listen, all of them are connected. It's a fruit punch of sorts because in order for you to deal in compassion, you got to be dealing in the spirit. You can't deal in compassion and deal in the flesh. And if you're dealing in the spirit, then that means uh, you are well on your way to experiencing the fruit working through you in your life. Amen? Amen. And so with that, um, I do have some, some, some homework for you. Is that all right, class? I told y'all we teach in this series. Is that okay? All right, let's pull up the homework media team. You thought you was out of school, Sister Vivian? <laughs> amen all right so check this out we're going to call this compassion in action because we don't want you to get you know this good word and 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 this information and these revelations and things like that and for you to just you know just kind of leave it here no we really want this to change our lives change and transform the way that we think and transition us into doing and so with that I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to give you some help, some prompts, and some things to think about. And so let's go to the first one, please. The first one is this, compassion in action. Number one, who, somebody say who. Who, who in my life have I not been showing compassion to? I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest, and I want you to think about that. You know what compassion is now. So we're going to ask ourselves, who in my life have I not been showing compassion to? Okay, that's the first, the first one. Then number two is, and this, yeah, this is the doozy, especially from the reaction of the saints. What things do I need to overcome? in order to be more mindful of showing them compassion. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, number one, kind of is a tough pill to swallow because in order for, for, for me to be honest about number one and in order for me to be active about number three, I can't jump over number two. Because number two may reveal that there's some unforgiveness that I need to deal with. And number two, honestly, may reveal that there's some jealousy or envy that I need to deal with. Number two may reveal 
uh, that there's some pride that I need to deal with. So again, who in my life have I not been showing compassion? Remember, you got to crumple up that list of people who owe me. And don't. You got to crumple up that list as far as compassion is concerned. Because compassion, what did we say, y'all? We said that nobody earns it, but everybody deserves it. Guess what? Even you don't earn it and haven't earned it. But guess what? Even you deserve it. And so who in my life have I not been showing compassion to? What things do I need to overcome in order to be more mindful of showing them compassion? And then number three. What ways? Let's be about that action. What ways can I show them compassion? When? Y'all was a little hesitant. I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by. Remember, we talk. We, I'm not talking about, Lord, give me a few months. I'm, you know, 90 days. You know. No, we talked about that. We talked about that on Wednesday. Remember, there's a scripture for that that talked about immediately. That it can't be, Lord, I know I need to forgive him. I'm going to do it eventually. You know I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to listen. Just let me have my little moment first. Urgh! Interrupt that moment. Because how many of you know that during that moment, you're being disobedient? And delayed obedience, I heard, is what? Remember, it's not enough for you to know, God, I know I got to forgive him. I'm going to forgive him. So that means you know. Okay. It's worse for you because you know and haven't done. Oh, man. And so what ways can I show them compassion this week? That means I've got to crucify my flesh. That means I've got to kill it. I've got to assassinate it this week. I've got to crucify my flesh. So that I can be compassionate toward someone, or for some people, someones. That I have purposefully withholding, been withholding compassion from. Okay? So what ways can I show them compassion? When? 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 What does this week mean before Sunday? So for some of you, y'all going to be, oh, it's Saturday at 11.53. I got seven minutes to show some compassion. <laughs> sure do. Don't wait till the last minute. WPBI professors, I feel like I'm, don't wait till the last minute. To upload your assignment at eleven fifty nine. What ways can I show them compassion this week? Do you know 
that there's something on the other end of you crucifying your flesh and showing compassion when you don't want to? Do you know that there's something on the other end of sacrificing whatever it is in order to show compassion to somebody else? What will Jesus multiply in your life as a result of your obedience when it comes to compassion? Guess what? He's not going to have you looking crazy. He's not going to leave you empty-handed. He's going to honor you for the way that you've honored him. He's going to honor you for the ways that you honored. He's going to honor you. The process may not be pretty. It may not be exciting. You might not be motivated at all toward it right now, to be honest. But honor says that I don't do it because of. Because of how I feel. Because of I do it in spite of. And so I'm excited that as we journey toward compassion, that families will be healed. I'm excited that as we journey toward compassion, that hearts will be restored. I'm excited that as we journey toward compassion, that even somebody's faith will be mended. Lord, whatever way that you're using this to transition us into wherever we're going, we're grateful. We say thank you and we trust you even when we can't trace you. Father, we say thank you in advance for the ways that you will show up, not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people who will experience compassion at our hands. Father, I pray that the spirit of reconciliation be in the house. Oh God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that forgiveness is the portion of the believer this morning and this week. Father, whatever it is, God, we come against pride. We come against jealousy and envy. We come against whatever will try to come against compassion. Father God, we claim victory in this area, and we know that you shall get glory out of it all. And so get glory. Get glory. Somebody shout, get glory. Get glory, get glory, get glory. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and give thanks. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Come on, let's give God praise for the first installment of compassion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, stand up all over the building.